Hello everyone and welcome to the first Scots Way Hay podcast of the summer. And uh, we are in, sitting in the Brigate at the moment in um, the Merchant City area of Glasgow, maybe appropriately enough. It's, we're going to speak to Louise Welsh. Hello Louise. Hello Alistair. And we're going to talk about the Empire Cafe, which is going to be situated in this building from... 24th of July, is it? From the 24th of July to the 1st of August, so not long to go before we kick off. Well, you've just shown us around, you've given us the brief tour, the whistle-stop <laughs> tour, and then there's some amazing things going on, just kind of set out the project, if you would. Gosh, it's, it's, it's such, I feel like I need a three-dimensional model, because there's so <laughs> many things going on. Um, we've been thinking about it as different strands, and the, the main strand is what happens in the cafe. The Empire Cafe is a place where we're exploring Scotland and the North Atlantic slave trade. And we're exploring it through lots of different events. Um, We're exploring it through music, through visual art, through film, through talks, discussion, workshops, walks. And we've got some fantastic people involved. Um, We have Jackie Kay, who's um, play Lamplighter we're, we're going to co-producing with the Tron Theatre yeah I noticed that is that going to be on at the Tron it's going to be on at the Tron in the changing room it's one of the few events that you have to um, pay for I think I think the tickets are £7 mm-hmm. um, but it's going to be a great event it's being directed by Alison Peebles um, and the Lamplighter is a, a great play it was written originally for, for Radio 3 and we're doing a rehearsed reading several different voices um, so, so we're very very lucky to to have Jackie involved with that. There'll be a Q&A afterwards between Jackie oh, and Zoe Strachan. So there's an opportunity to meet the writer and to ask her all about it. Um, we've got oh, Graham Fagan, who is um, representing Scotland in this year's Biennale in Venice. And um, Graham, with the help of 14 to 18 now, has made a new artwork um, exploring... Um, Caribbean soldiers and um, contributions to the First World War, oh, which nice. is something that we never really hear about. We think about the soldiers in the First World War as all looking like Rupert Brooke, That's but right. there were many, um, <laughs> many brown and black faces in amongst those trips. In fact, I think, I think it's true that um, more people died from the Commonwealth than died from from mm-hmm. our our shores. Not that it's a competition, but obviously, <laughs> but it's a story which hasn't been told. Exactly, exactly, and then. Um, that's that's part of what the Empire Cafe is about, you know. We're we we've got we're heading towards the big vote this year, the independence vote, mm-hmm. and we are already a mature nation, and we're a nation that's able to discuss, we hope, the difficult parts of our history. So there's tons of events going on, tons of exciting people involved. We also, of course, we're not a virtual cafe; we're a yes. real cafe. You can come in, you can get a cup of tea, you can get um, a piece of cake, some soup, some salad. And really, we're exploring um, the empire and Scotland through food. You know, when you think mm-hmm. about the quintessential Scottish tea table, you've got your white cotton cloth, mm-hmm. you've got your tea, your coffee, your sugar, your sticky bun, your ginger cake, you've got your packet of fags sitting there beside <laughs> <Of course>. it. <laughs> um, all of this comes from the empire, mm-hmm. and, um, and we're exploring through food, through cotton. Uh, we're not going to have any smoking. <laughs> but uh, these are all things, of course, that, that we took from Empire. They're also things that uh, some of them are killing us now. You know, the Empire yeah. is striking back. Yeah, um, of course. So our food, uh, food coordinator, Clementine Sanderson, has been doing a lot of outreach work already with various um, groups. And we're going to have Babu's K 
kitchen in here, Deal Green Coffee, um, our cafe operator is McCune-Smith. Um, we've got lots and lots of great culinary people. I should say the Empire Cafe itself is non-profit making, but of course we're having people like McCune-Smith in, who we hope will at least you know, wash, wash their face. Most of our events, as I said, are, are free. And there's a lot of events on as well. I mean, it's quite a packed... Uh... <laughs> it's it's a, a madly packed programme. You can come <laughs> in here. And there's exhibitions running all the time. You know, we've got a 3D film from Arkham's, the Royal um, Historical Ancient Monument folk who have made a 3D film called Sightlines, okay. exploring the mapping of Kenya. You know, which sounds quite benign, doesn't it? Maps are beautiful things. And you yeah. come in and you make a map. But um, And they had... Uh, aeroplanes flying over the Kenya, um, filming, taking photographs, mapping it. But of course, they weren't just trying to make a pretty picture. Mm -hmm. Um, People were trying to find out what grows where, what we can exploit. Um, And then they might go down and say to you, I know that you and your people have lived here for centuries, but actually there's a nice rubber plantation here. Potential for a good rubber plantation, so could you sling your hook? So this is going to be a film exploring that aspect that of oh yeah of colonialism and empire um we have walks the glasgow women's library are leading walks around the merchant city exploring women's history and the connection there we're thinking about um the abolitionists that mm-hmm. were involved in glasgow many of them were women many of them went on of course to be prominent in the suffragette campaigns because as we've seen from our own time you don't just politicize someone and then turn it off you know they fight for somebody else's freedom and then they think hang on a wee minute maybe maybe we could have (laughs) it's not a single issue and that's the thing the the, the programme is there is a a single issue lots of various areas that you're looking at and as you said at the beginning some amazing writers you mentioned Jackie Kay you've got James Robertson I presume you're talking about Joseph Knight James is James is going to kick off um, our first event which is Scottish Pen's last event. This is an event in collaboration with Scottish Pen, and we're going to have James Robertson and the poet, the Guyanese poet, um, Fred Dagger. Mm-hmm. And um, they're going to be chaired by uh, Professor Alan Riech, who is perfect because he knows so much about he Scottish does. literature and he knows so much about Caribbean literature. This is going to be the only three guys sitting on the stage event. They're going to be, usually it's going to be a slightly more diverse <laughs> than that. But, you know, they were the right three men for the job. Oh, it would be an amazing talk. We're really, really, really looking forward to that. And that'll be a, a discussion, reading, um, Q&A. Um, and the, the following night, we're very lucky we're going to have Fred again, I think. And he's going to be part of um, our anthology launch. Because as well as the, the play, the, I feel like um, I'm playing, what's that game that you play at Christmas time where you, you say, is it a play, is it a book? Oh, Shiraz. Shiraz. <laughs> yeah, this is a play, it's a book, it's a it's film. A film. <laughs> well, I've got written down aspects of, of the camp. I've got poetry, film, tours, which you mentioned, mm. food, drink, art, fiction. I mean, there is a whole load. There's a whole lot of stuff happening, yeah. Um, the, the book that we've made is a poetry anthology called um, Yonder Awab, and it's poems from Caribbean and Scottish poets. We've got fantastic people such as Fred, who I mentioned. We've got Kwame Dawes, we've got Kai Miller, um, we've got Millicent Graham, we've got John Burnside, Angus McNichol, um, Vicky Fever, Pippa Little, Malika Booker. I could go on. We've got great poets 
and um, we will be giving the anthology, which you've seen, it's beautiful, it's, isn't it's it? It's absolutely gorgeous, and I would say worth coming down, because as you were about to say, you're giving it away, is that <laughs> We are, yeah, we're giving it away for free. It's a beautiful, beautifully designed volume with an essay from Stephen Mullen, the historian who's um, the author of... Uh, the Truth About Glasgow and Slavery. It was Nias. It was Nias, yes. <laughs> is the name of the book. And Stephen will also be introducing, helping to introduce the book with us, helping to set it in a historical context, which sounds awfully dry. But it's, <laughs> it's, it's not awfully dry. It's, it's interesting. You know, this is the history of the city that we inhabit. It's the history of our, our labour history as well comes from this. You know, the building that we're in, the wee apprentices used to get sent up to the top of this tower because um, before it was a fish market, this was the merchant's house mm-hmm. where all the merchants would gather and they'd send the apprentices up to the top of the tower here and they would look down to Port Glasgow to see whose ships coming in laden with the products of the Fabulous. empire. What a great image. Yeah, and the reason that they're doing that is because they cannot bring these ships into Glasgow because the Clyde at that point is too um, narrow mm-hmm. and it's, it needs, it's not been dredged. And eventually, with the money they make from the empire, from their their slave holdings, you know, let's have no mistake about this. There's blood in the mortar of these buildings. Mm -hmm. Um, But with the money that they make, they can widen the Clyde, they can dredge it, and they can begin to bring these big boats into the city. And of course, you know, that's where our our potential to be, the second city of the empire, this great shipbuilding city, and then, of course, you know, we have Red Clyde side that comes out of that. Mm-hmm. So there's a, a terrible irony, you know, that uh, my grandfather was involved in Red Clyde side. I'm very proud of that. Mm-hmm. But there's a terrible irony, of course, that our labour history is connected to this dreadful history as well. That's a history that we maybe, you know, was it Nelson? <laughs> we cover up, mm-hmm. we well, kind of try and look away. I, th- I think that's right, because when you mentioned this project to me um, pr- previously, I was thinking this is... You know, Glasgow has an image of itself like any city does and um, often maybe doesn't ignore the irony. I think that the fact that it's ironic almost makes it worse for Glasgow because mm-hmm. you say, well, this political movement and the city itself was built around this river, but what was coming and what was going and where it was coming and going to is kind of not forgotten about. Yeah. But then again, you, you've got street names like Jamaica Street, and I mean, the clues are all there if you want to Absolutely. look. Absolutely. You know, where the, where the BBC is, um, Pacific Key, they call it now, that was Plantation Key. It was. And why, why did we change that name? Is, are we slightly embarrassed? Would we rather forget it? You know, and I would invite your listeners to go into the Riverside Museum and to look for what um, remnants of this particular past they can find. Mm. Because when I was in, I didn't really find anything. Ah. And that's going to be one of the other um, events that we're going to have. Um, We've invited Dr. Richard Benjamin from the Slavery Museum in Liverpool to come up, and he's going to be talking um, with Fiona Bradley from the Fruit Market Gallery in Edinburgh, and... um, a representative from Glasgow Museums as well, curator, and they're going to be talking about how we represent histories that we're not quite so proud of, you know? And um, should we? Is there opposition to it? Um, If there is opposition, well, why is that? Because there are still people that say, look, that was in the past, let's just forget about it. Is that the right attitude? 
It's all open to discussion. It's all open to discussion. I noticed there was a debate called Scotland Colonisers are Colonised, which is one of those I'm interesting... I'm looking forward to that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, you know, we, we are, as we said, we're heading towards this big vote, this vote that has the potential to change Scotland. Let's go into it clear-eyed. You know, let's mm-hmm. let's discuss our past and let's um, and let's press forward. But we're, we're that's going to be um, introduced by the MSP Hamza Yusuf. Mm-hmm. Um, Leslie Riddick is, is taking part, as is um, Johnny Roger from the Glasgow School of Art. Yep. And um, gosh, but so yeah, and Stanley um, Odd. Odd, the hip hop band. Yeah. We've got um, Sanasarine Prasad, the. Um, a poet from again from Guyana is is also taking part. So we've got lots and lots of things that are going on, um, and we really want people to come along to that to give their point of view. Yes, you know, we we um, we have homecoming. We invite people from Australia, from America, from Canada, which is great. We love having these people coming over. We have brothers and sisters in other parts of the world as well. You know, in Jamaica and. Uh, Guyana, Trinidad, Tobago. We, you know, you walk down these streets and they're named after places in Scotland. You look at the telephone directory; Absolutely. the names are Scottish. Let's let's invite them over as well. You know, let's not close our doors yeah. because we. That is a difficult history that we have had. Um, perhaps we can build something good out of it. Absolutely. Um, what strikes me is that this is something that people come along to encourage to participate. And that's in nearly everything there is. They can come to the cafe, they can join the tours, which I think I'll do myself, it sounds amazing, and um, I give their point of view. It's not to say, come and look at this, but come and take part in this, I think. Absolutely, and it is, our tagline is a welcome discussion, you know, because um, it's, it's, that's all that we want, people just to be talking. Um, and perhaps the other aspect of having a cafe is you sit down, you have a cup of tea, you're having a chat over a cup of tea and a bit of cake. You know, this isn't a, a project where we want to bring people in and make them feel bad, wag <laughs> the finger at them. Yeah. But it's a project where we want to think about our own history, inform people about our history, um, hear what they think about it as well. Um, and I'm, I've been thinking about it as also in terms of families, you know, that sort of bath time, bedtime conversation and the conversation that kids start when they don't quite want to go to sleep yet. But, <laughs> but you know, this, as I said, almost everything in the cafe are, is, is for free. You can bring children along and you can start a discussion about the past. And it, it doesn't have to stay in the past as no, well. No, exactly. Because, you know, as we all know, these things go on now. And this is something that children are very, very interested in justice. They understand right and wrong, fair and unfair and um, I think it could be could start some really interesting conversations over the, the dinner table or, you know, that, that kind of thing between families. We're part of the Commonwealth Games cultural programme. Mm-hmm. What does the Commonwealth mean to us? You know, the reason we called the, the cafe the Empire Cafe is, of course, that um, the games were previously called the Empire Games. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're, we're thinking about all of those things. And we're, we're as you say, everything is open to um to discussion open to open to dissent as well you know? yes well i think it's not so much that people don't want to be t- told this it's just that it, they never have been told it's like when people used to say to me oh people aren't interested in scottish literature and it's like no they just 
haven't been made aware of what's out there and I think it's the same with Scottish history as well in particular. I certainly didn't get taught a lot when I was at school about things and certainly not about any kind of role in Commonwealth or Empire. Absolutely and I think this, you know, when we are thinking about independence and so forth we could say that a lot of our history has been subsumed to the history of the that sort of bigger nation if mm-hmm. you like and that that's a terrible thing, you know, you should know your history Um the other thing is, of course, it allows us to get off the hook a little bit. As Stephen's book says, it wasn't us, it was yeah. somebody else. It's those bad folk. The boy did it and ran away. <laughs> yeah, it was them. It wasn't us because we were all we were all very nice and we wouldn't think of doing anything like that. Um, so we have some great, great things going on. Um, we're going to have a Caribbean focus, a focus on Caribbean poetry every day at five o'clock where you can come in and hear a Caribbean poet talking about their work and reading from their work and it's an opportunity to meet um, people that are involved in literature that you may you may not get normally to, to do. Um, so the doors will be open yes. and we just hope that lots of people walk through them. And it's I think it's fantastic to have it in this area, this is part of Glasgow where I stay as well but I, I you know I think previously you might expect these people to be chatting the West End and that kind of thing, but to bring it right into the heart of the Merchant City as it now is again a rebranding job, but into places where you know, the Merchants used to be and where their houses used to be is is a fantastic thing and I hope that people will come in, I just hope that people I I love the idea of people wandering and what's going on Yeah, I've been on my feet, I'm going to sit and have a cup of tea and then hear something that they've just never heard before. We're hoping we can coax people in with the prospect of a nice cake and then they'll suddenly realise, gosh, this, you know, this, the ingredients for this cake came from somewhere else and uh, maybe they'll hear some interesting discussion, maybe they'll see a couple of interesting films. And, you know, as you said, this is a magnificent building. It's a massive building. It used to be the old fish market mm-hmm. and it's, you know, it's, I don't know how many people this could hold, a thousand comfortably. It's a big, big, Possibly, big, big space. Yeah. So we're thinking of it as a sort of city square and we've warned mm-hmm. all of our participants, you know, all of our uh, artists, academics, performers, this is not a sit-down theatre. I love going to a sit-down theatre and being entertained, yes. but this is not that. This is a place where people can walk in, they can listen for 20 minutes and then go and get their bus, and they've, you know, but they don't have to stay for the full event. Yeah. Um, it's, it's like, I'm thinking of it like the city square, mm-hmm. where a debate will go on. And everybody, everybody is welcome. Absolutely and everyone. If you do pop down, there's looks as though there's going to be something on at every time, so you can just yes. Just about well, the the, the letter writing um, project, the Letter to the Unknown Soldier, which fourteen to eighteen now have um, been doing across the country, is culminating here. So you can come in and you can participate in that, and that's a, I think an especially good one for um, for children who you know from the age that they can begin to start writing or begin to start you to tell you what they would like to write um, and, and the, the project is to write your letter to the unknown soldier Graham Fagan's um, film will be running constantly Sightlines, uh, Arkham's 3D film will be running constantly there'll be art up in the the um, in the space and we've got an exhibition about Scotland and poverty that'll be up there'll be a lot to learn yeah. and um you might just, you know, I think the, the walks, it might be advisable to book up in advance because there are limited Limits. spaces, yeah, so just to book up for Stephen Mullins' walks or um, the Glasgow Women's Library's walks and the same with the, 
the various workshops that we have. We've got um, creative writing workshops. We've got a great political songwriting workshop with John Powles from uh, the Jeannie Buchan Political Song Archive. And John is a brilliant advocate for the, the song archive. So if you come along to that, you may suddenly find yourself later on at a later date <laughs> up at Glasgow University looking through this amazing, amazing archive of political song. So there's, there's all sorts, you know, we're recording a series of short stories with um, Radio 4, you've especially oh, commissioned fantastic. stories from uh, Kai Miller, Jackie Kay and uh, Fred Tegar, so you could come along and um, hear them being recorded, it'll be the first time they've been read out loud and they'll subsequently be broadcast on Radio 4 on three successive Fridays. So again, it's best it's best to book for that one mm-hmm. and uh, and be on time. <laughs> <laughs> yes, when the radio is <laughs> be, It's one of those latecomers will not be admitted. Uh, so, you know, but on the whole, it's going to be totally relaxed. Yeah. But, uh, there'll be a the cafe running all day. In the evening, there will be a bar, which I think in the evening I might quite welcome. <laughs> and uh, a we've personal got bar. Personal bar. Personal <laughs> barman. And we're going to have um, II Books are, are doing a book stall. So if you do feel, gosh, I would like to learn more, mm-hmm. or I enjoyed that poetry so much, I want to own some of it. The, the free, fantastically beautiful anthology, I'm going to add to that with some books. Yeah. Um, so there's, there's, there's a lot to do. Well, the full programme is now up and online. You know, and, it is. And see it yes. also. So you can, and I would, there are certain things I would certainly suggest booking for because they are going to go quickly and I think Stephen's Walk probably will be one of those. I think they will be. I think the walks, the workshops, and it's um, it's very helpful to to my nerves if people book. <laughs> so I've got this thing that it's... So do um, Louise a favour and yes, book. <laughs> it's on Eventbrite and um, the, the web, the, the, um, the site is, they're free but ticketed, if, if that yes. makes sense. So, um, you know, if you, if you turn up and you don't have a ticket, you most certainly won't be sent away, but um, you know, at the very basic level, it helps us know how many seats to to put out. <laughs> so the website is www.empirecafe-empire-cafe.org, and you can find us on Twitter um, at just at the Empire Cafe. So um, there's a lot there's a lot to go on. There's a lot of ways to get in touch, and it's on from twenty fourth of July to the first of August. And I fucking can't wait. Yes, me too. <laughs> you can't I've wait till it's finished. I've got a new dress for every day. I wish that were true. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, Louise, for talking to us, and best of luck. Thank you very much. And we're going to be talking to some of the people involved later. And uh, we're back, and we're about to talk to Jude Barber from um, Glasgow based collective architecture but about her role in the Empire Cafe. Um, thanks for doing this Jude, first no, of all. No, thanks for us along. And uh, just talk a little bit about how you got involved and the inspiration behind, behind the project. Uh, behind the project yeah. yeah. Well obviously Louise and myself had worked together on the Merchant City Voices project oh, right. um, which was a soundscape in the Merchant City two years ago. I remember it yeah. Um, yeah so it was seven sound installations uh, looking at Glasgow in particular relationship transatlantic and, uh, trading and slavery and what we were trying to do through that project was link the the architecture and the place 
um, the physicality of the Merchant City with its history and how it sort of came about both um, economically and through sort of stories and narratives and yeah. we work quite a lot with visual artists um, never worked before with uh, an author, right. writer, so um, it was just a fantastic collaboration and we worked with the, Royal, the Conservatoire mm-hmm. um, and Tona Satoli to record a number of pieces that Louise had written which were just fantastic and together it was a really close collaboration it was, uh, between the two of us and um, the project it actually won a 2012 Scottish Design Award or whatever so it was recognised which was really good for us mm-hmm. because it was a small project and it was the start of something we thought and so when the commonwealth games were coming to glasgow and um we'd had such a kind of interest in this particular subject through doing the merchant city voices and doing a an event at the african caribbean center there seemed to be an appetite for discussion around this subject Mm -hmm. so when we saw the open call for projects cultural projects as part of the commonwealth games we thought right let's bang our heads to come up together and come up with a proposal so when we started to talk about you know again the Merchant Voice is very much about the architecture and the place and when we started to think about the games we started to think about very much more about the produce of the empire yeah and if you think about you know tea cotton sugar um the uh, the notion of a tea room and something you think's quintessentially Scottish or yes absolutely yeah. is actually an international concept so um, we sort of built on that the idea of a cafe and then design, you know, obviously designing a series of events and such like around that and it has really grown and I think the two of us have really enjoyed that in terms of how to put together a programme of events which is not something we typically do in our day jobs yeah. and then how do you make that in, like, actually into a, a place and then who, who, would, who, would, who would come and then we just found there was this massive body of work that had been done on the subject through you know, experts in their fields and it's just been a real pleasure to bring all those people well, these people who perhaps didn't know about each other are, are, are yeah. Well, some had. I mean, it really some had, some hadn't, and I think it's just the the the, the thing that we're really enjoying about the program is that it's very textured in the sense mm. that you've you know got a visual artist like Graham. I'm sure Louise would have talked about that. Louise uh, Graham Fagan, um, you know, a- alongside you know historian Stephen Mullen, mm-hmm. alongside um, you know curators. Um, Poets. So it's it's. I think the um the mixture of all that's been really good. So for example, Graham had worked with uh, worked with James Robertson before, but yeah. I don't think you know the connections have been made with others. Yeah. So I think we're really looking forward to seeing the conversations that those people have together in the cafe space, and indeed just being able to come in and just take part in that. I think that seems to me from talking to people about it that uh, there is a real interest in this because it's a conversation that hasn't really been had widely. No, and I, and I think even, you know, from a personal point of view, thinking, you know, I'm somebody that's really interested in how, you know, the production of things and, the, you know, how you get to where you get to the economics of situations, particularly architecture. I think this wasn't something that I felt I'd been overly informed about, had an inkling, there was something, yeah, you know, yeah. and I sort of knew a bit here and there, and you knew about trading, you knew about merchants, and you knew about empires, but not really in a, what do you say, in a... a a broader sense yeah. about how that's affected Scottish cultural life. Um, I, I'm really fascinated by the idea of the architecture, um, particularly in the Merchant City where we're sitting just now, but in Glasgow and Hull because the things that you've talked about, like tobacco and, and, and tea and things, 
have really marked the city, you know, in a way you've got huge cigarette factories, it's just up in Deniston, you know, you've got, as you say, the tea rooms and the Macintosh yeah. tea rooms that people are famous around the world. And again, things like, you know, the, the Clyde itself mm. um, and our rich shipbuilding history has come from that. And again, you know, every single, almost every single building was funded through that period in our yeah. history, so the churches. Of course. Um, you know, the, the actual, f the those famous vistas that we're so proud of, you know, you get your ram's horn at the end of the um, Stotland Street and Glassford Street, oh, you get Goma um, at the end of Ingram Street. So they're, they, it's actually defined the, the, the structure of how you move up and orientate yourself around the city, which I, I, I find quite interesting. But equally, these were, these were big displays of wealth. These huge, were huge, yeah. huge displays of wealth. But I, you know, I, and that's where they, this is where you get kind of someone like yourself in Arctic get kind of kind of confused about that. You sort of enjoy the splendor of all that, but at the same time thinking, oh, these buildings are, you know, there's blood in their mortar. Like yeah. As Nick Barley said that. Um, so it's 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 great that we can enjoy um, that rich architecture. But, but I think it's very important it, yeah. to understand how that was funded and how that was produced. And I think when the big bugbears myself is, you know, the, the way that these were being re packaged up as tobacco lords, tobacco mm. merchants, as if there was a grandeur to that um, accumulation of wealth when actually it was a brutal economic regime. Yeah, well, even the rebranding of this area as the merchant city yeah. kind of seems odd in that, you know, it, in a uh, way. When you actually, have, you know, when, yeah, you, when you take a moment to stop and think about it. Yeah. Um, and again, that carries on into present day when we think about um, those big, large, sparkly glass buildings you see around the world that are towering above cities. Mm. Um, you know, it, it doesn't stop. You of know, the, 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 it, it's still going on today. And I think being a, being aware of that and being conscious of that is is hugely important in a contemporary context. Uh, and the other thing that, that struck me when not last weekend, but the weekend before, when I was up in the necropolis. You know, and you've got all these fantastic mausoleums that again. Or a show of wealth to people that uh, you know, yeah. even in death, they were kind of showing off about how well they had done. Exactly. So you know, we do see that carrying on today. It might be a, a speedboat, or it might even be hidden away. Yeah. You know, maybe the, the displays of wealth are less evident. Um, the the abuse of power is less evident, perhaps. Perhaps, yeah. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, it's, <laughs> you don't show off quite as much. Um, in the building, in the in the brigade itself, it's just a wonderful space. I mean, you, you know, as someone who is an architect, how did you feel to get, to get that as your space? Oh, wow, I mean, it was a gift, you know, in a sense, um, because we when we first um, were looking for spaces uh, to, to, to host the, the cafe, um, we'd imagined a, you know, a shop unit with a nice high ceiling, you know, yeah. very sort of elegant, elegant shop space. Um, so when we but we were looking around and, and we were talking to various organisations and uh, we were really fortunate to get put in touch um, with WASPs and David Cook particularly at WASPs and they, um, for those not familiar with that, the artist studios around Scotland um, and one of their sites is in the Brigate yeah. and um, there's a vacant unit there that looks out onto the Clyde mm -hmm. and um, what's, what's fantastic for us is that that was the origin, mer original merchant's house site with the merchant steeple and so historically it's kind of rooted in the in the subject matter and again being right out onto the river was fantastic and the reason it's been empty for a while is because people don't necessarily think of the river being as a, a you know a key thoroughfare or, yeah. a, or a real asset you know uh, to the city and 
I know there are efforts to t- try and turn the city around to look towards that, but it's a big, a big endeavour. Um, but then with the games coming to, 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 to Glasgow, that particular site sits between Glasgow Green and the SECC and it's mm-hmm. going to be a key walking route. So we're going to be right out onto the Clyde, south facing, uh, doors opening out, it's going to be great. And then over time with the conversations with WASPs, they said, well, actually, we don't have anything programmed for the hall. Right. So how do you feel about that? So we were kind of thought, wow, yeah. And that really has been a catalyst to expanding the programme, thinking, okay, we can actually, mm-hmm. from going from the poetry readings in yeah. the space, a sort of salon-style informal poetry reading, to now a series of, of key events, evening events, daytime events, exhibitions, uh, we're building up a small pavilions. So that becomes really exciting as well, um, architecturally, because it starts to become like a mini... We think of it as our mini not so great exhibition or something. So, because there are, I mean, we've just been really excited by all the opportunities that working with, for example, 14 to 18 now, the Mm -hmm. Centenary uh, World War One program, which um, is a small letter writing pavilion for the letter to an unknown soldier. I was going to ask you about that, yes. That's looking at. Um, it's an ongoing project. It's not our. our it's commissioned by uh, World War Fourteen to Eighteen now, but they are. We're sort of hosting that project for three days, and it's our final three days, um, where people can come in and write their own uh, letter about war and um, their uh, feelings about that. Actually, and it's going to become an online archive that will be held at the British Library. And then another, there's a very particular piece that's being produced for the Empire Cafe. So we're co-commissioning a work by visual artist Graham Fagan with the 14 to 18 now team. And Graham's producing, uh, has produced, actually it's ready to go, (laughs) a fantastic um, film about, um, uh, which mixes a Robert Burns poem with a Bob Marley poem looking oh, right. at, which is fantastic. It's war coupled with I murder hate, mm-hmm. and um, it was filmed down in London with the artist Ghetto Priest and their team, and it's a musical piece, and um, that will be shown throughout the day in the cafe. And we're really excited as well because Graham's being selected now to represent Scotland in Venice next year. So you know he really is a sort of internationally acclaimed uh, artist and has been working in this subject matter for you know years um so we're very very excited that he's producing a new work for the, uh, for the cafe it's a lovely idea i think because you will get a lot of people going to glasgow green there's a lot of stuff on glasgow green yeah. a lot of free stuff on glasgow green yeah. i do like the idea of people will go and go what is this and discover you you know i mean there, there are plenty of people that will go because they know about they it now seen something or but you know there will be people that go well what's this about and i just I mean, people from Glasgow and from elsewhere, but I think that's a fantastic thing, yeah. you know. And I think that's why we, we're like, the cafe has to be really good. Yes. You know, it has to be a good cafe. So we're very, very lucky again that we're working with Clem Sanderson, who's developed the food programme, working with five community groups through Glasgow, um, and McEwen Smith, obviously the cafe, yeah. cafe operator. Um, you do excellent coffee, do I can see that. Fantastic coffee, <laughs> and Dear Green Coffee are providing the, the oh, coffee yeah. as well and the poke teas, so we've got good tea, good coffee, um, cakes, soups, it's going to be um, really, really delicious. Every day will be a slightly different menu, um, and so you can, you know, I think one thing we felt very strongly about was that you can just yeah. pitch up, have a cup of tea and go, you know, you're, you're not going to get, 
you know, hoodwinked into sitting through an hour-long discussion if you don't want to, but equally you could, you know, well, you can engage in all different yeah. levels. Uh, anyway, you that's, want, and that's, that's having kind of Graham's piece uh, going on all day, you know, someone, you know, can, what is this? And need to say to stay, or as you say, they might come in for and then come back later. And yeah, exactly. I think, you know, or say, let's go back later, I'll meet you there, and we can just catch up, and there might be some reading, poetry reading. We've got the poetry focus at five o'clock um, with individual poets. Um, chaired by various people throughout, mm-hmm. throughout the programme um, and that would be just a really lovely half hour conversation with a poet which you know again this process I mean I I, I, I like poetry but I can't say I knew a huge amount and, and yeah. Louise done a fantastic job with the anthology you know it's a fantastic um, brilliant, brilliantly edited um, bit of work and I think I've just really really loved reading these yeah. exceptional poems, realizing how different they can all be, how how rich and complex they can all be, um, and I'm just really looking forward to meeting the poets, you know, in person, yeah. um, which again I hadn't had the opportunity to do before now. So yeah, no, I think I'm really, really looking forward to myself actually. Yeah, I <laughs> think when you were saying uh, was and saying no oh, has, you know, now you can talk this about it almost in the present, it's done, it's done. the hard bit is done. I know and we're sitting here with a beautiful anthology by Graphical House and yeah. a lovely flyer poster they've produced and um, you know I think we were, were very um, keen and you'll see when the space is completed it's on site right now um, that there's a kind of common theme there's this black white and gold theme running through everything in the in the space and we were very keen that it did particularly because the event is so broad and there's so many aspects to it that there was a coherent language visual and um what you say visual and spatial language to, yeah. to to the project so that you it is it's organized in such a way that you can wander it's um designed in such a way that you know you're very much part of the empire cafe um, whether that's in the cafe or in the gallery or on the street <clears throat> and um, that that's that a kind of clarity yeah but yeah and that, that we're hope we're kind of excited to see that coming together we're hoping that that will that particular part will come together I mean, as well. it seems um, amazing in a way I remember Louise talking to us about it about a year ago I think and being very excited and said oh you know you don't get me talking about anything else <laughs> but it was just an idea and to see this you know fantastic anthology and and, and you see these the, the, the identity, the visual identity is just, you know, right across it. What a building to have it in. You know, we had a walk around it the other day, you know, for inside and outside. It's, it's amazing. Exceptional. I mean, yeah. really, you couldn't have done much better than, well, I have well, to take my hat off to you, you know. Yeah, we've got to do it now, though. That's, yeah, that's the thing. The thing. We, I mean, we're very supportive as well. We've got fantastic uh, sound and lighting technicians, SLS, um, sound and lighting, who, again, have been incredibly supportive and engaged in the project. So they'll be on hand every day, just because you know with the technical aspects of, of running such a thing. So no, we're, we're but ready what's to interesting, go. I think, is that you know you're seeing everyone's been really supportive. But I think that comes down to the ideas behind the project itself and this feeling from your readers and your artists and the poets and talking to yourself and Louise that this is a story that we needed to tell and share and and, and, and you know to get out there because it's something that's kind of been kept quiet for too long. It has, and I think for me, one of the big parts of this project, you know, I'm not a historian, you know, we've got fantastic stories coming, Mm. Um, but one thing 
we all know is you know you, you can't really deal with the present unless you've you're frank and honest about your past yeah. and you can't even think about going forward until exactly. you've dealt with your past and I think so many of these issues raise um, a debate about how we behave in a contemporary situation so you know how you deal with your neighbours how you trade how you talk to each other how you deal with problems yeah. how you deal with the future I think um, that that's very much part of what we're doing as well it's um, so we'll just wait and see. We're very excited to see how it's going to develop. And uh, I think some of the discussions are going to be very rich. I mean, I think their final event will be, we're hoping, will be quite lively. The colonised or colonisers. Yep. Um, you know, again, uh, the Untold Stories Buried Histories is going to be really fantastic looking at how we represent challenging subject matters in contemporary society. Um, so, yeah, we're... I think you're right. I mean, you know, you can't um, move forward and even kind of look upon, you know, if you want to look upon a country or a people or whatever you say without dealing with everything that's happened in the past. And I think for Scotland anyway, for a long time, then it wasn't our fault, it was other people's fault. Right. And, and uh, you know, you had that kind of blame. And I think now to be accepting, you know, that at least these things are going to be talked about and, and, and discovered and... Uh, investigate is just can only be a positive thing. Exactly, because it's really easy, particularly, you know, for countries, you can fall into cliches, you know, you can fall into ill-informed caricatures of yourself. Yeah, you can. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we all do it from time to time. Sometimes it suits us, sometimes it can just be funny banter and, and things, yeah. and it's fine. But um, ultimately, it's, it's important to see that every country has had a checkered past, yeah. and um, some more than others and uh, particularly at particular points in their history and I think um, this is a good time to talk about ours I think. well and this is the perfect place to uh, to talk about it without a doubt Jude thank you very much for talking to us thank you for having me and um, we're going to have another little bit of music and we'll be back very soon cheers <laughs> So we're nearly at the end of this Empire Cafe special podcast and what a way to round it off by having one of the poets who is in the Yonder Awa anthology um, not only read his poem but talk a little bit about the inspiration behind it, uh, Jim Carruth. Pleased to be here. Um, I suppose when uh, I was first asked to uh, write one of the poems in the anthology it uh, was very much of uh, where to start and uh, what I took as an inspiration uh, was a painting I'd been told about in People's Palace, uh, which is a, a portrait of John Glassford and his family. Uh, and John Glassford was a, a wealthy uh, tobacco merchant uh, based in Glasgow, and uh, he had a, a massive painting uh, painted for him of his family, showing off his wealth basically. But uh, behind his seat, there stood uh, a black manservant or mm -hmm. slave, uh, and over the years, there's been an attempt to remove right. that picture from the painting and I felt that was a very appropriate way to the way the city responds to its links with slavery in the past and, and that's what I've gone for in this poem. Fantastic. A portrait of John Glassford and his family by Archibald MacLaughlin, circa 1767. Show and tell for those who want to share their story. 
a monumental canvas drenched with wealth's trappings. On his studied leather chair, the tobacco baron sits, waistcoat, extravagant cuffs, gold buckles, silk hose. His wife and children join him in the dressing up, bedecked in finery, a flowering of rosy-cheeked hue. Apples, grapes and pears overflow the fruit bowl, till one escapes to lie on the lush patterned carpet. Beyond the mansion's windows, Glasgow is booming. Look again, there's something else, a last possession to claim, brand, name and give the master's lash to. His life here, a faded outline so close to being lost. Hindsight endows each Glassford from young to old with the same tight-lipped profile, secrets unspoken. This is a city's inheritance and who will talk of it now? for all the portrait promised was to show and tell. Thank you so much for reading that, Jim. Really appreciate it. You're welcome. And there'll be lots more great poetry and much, much more at the Empire Cafe, so I really suggest you get down there.